Welcome to episode 47 of the Tim and John Show podcast. We just had a great show. We talked about uh, the metaverse, uh, all things, you know, related to Facebook's new scheme to basically, you know, create like an avatar like, you know, scenario where you're just going to be, you know, stuck into the matrix. Talked about, you know, different wealth confiscation schemes that are going on and, um, in, in terms of like different billionaire type taxes that are going on, talked about, you know, a lot of the 2022 tax proposals that are more likely going to pass uh, to basically, you know, take more of your money on a, <laughs> on a, on a yearly basis. And then also, uh, you know, got into, you know, let's go Brandon, how that song is literally, I think is and on the hip hop stations, it's one through five uh, top hip hop songs in the country are all let's go Brandon and four out of the top 10 songs in the country uh are let's go brandon remixes and so you know that we get we get into a lot of stuff i think we've got a great yeah. episode for you guys and you're really gonna love this one. Oh yeah yeah we, we also talked about omarova and fauci and a couple other good things and inflation is not so transitory and make sure that you guys like subscribe go to timandjohnshow.com and all the different enemy platforms we are on we, we would prefer you know odyssey flow with the other ones but anyways hope you guys enjoy this episode and without further ado, here we go. CEO Mark Zuckerberg introduced what he calls the metaverse, a platform where users will interact in virtual and augmented realities. He also said Facebook would change its name. Take a listen. To reflect who we are and what we hope to build, I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. After watching that, it should have named it like Beta. <laughs> beta <laughs> Meta means the same. Still about bringing people together. Yeah. Our apps and their brands, they're not changing either. And we are still the company that designs technology around people. But now we have a new North Star to help bring the metaverse to life. And we have a new name that reflects the full breadth of what we do and the future that we want to help build. That announcement comes as Facebook or... Yes. Yeah. So, Tim, we're all going to live in the metaverse or nothing uh, and live in little huts with our little gear on and uh, be happy. How about that? Well, we'll have nice, cool avatars, so, you know, it'll make up yeah. for owning nothing. We'll own a digital yeah. avatar. And it's not to say, like, this technology can't be used for good, like, the, you know, oh, no. being yeah. able to go to, you know, be in a meeting across the world with somebody and... and interact like you're right there but the problem is they want to basically simulate everyone into this and before we get into any you know the conspiracy theories of what's going on behind me i do have you know uh, a pretty cool little painting by amir one so it's not like the illuminate not the eye that's behind me but you've got you know essentially like these slaves that are holding up a monopoly board and you got you know soros and like rothschild the bankers and you know the all-seeing eye in there so just wanted to get that out of the way before, you know, we've got, you know, people commenting on BitChute about how, you know, I'm really part of the, uh, you know, <laughs> Illuminati or something. Like yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah. Except they didn't send me, they didn't send me a, uh, you know, a, I'm just doing this for my laptop right now. So I don't have my normal mic set up in case the audio doesn't sound as good. But, you know, when it comes to this whole metaverse, I mean, I was on Facebook in 2004, like at the very, very beginning, uh, daily user was basically addicted to it. And so I can only imagine that once they try to, you know, get everyone onto this and, I don't know if they're going to be successful, um, and and I think it's going to like basically 
have this movement get started or like a counter revolution to this, where maybe it might just make people be more inclined to actually see each other in person and, you know, go outdoors. And, and I think we should really kind of count, uh, basically culture jam this to do the exact opposite of what they're trying to make us do, which is, you know, basically be all these like, you know, basically entering into the matrix. And so for those of you who haven't seen it, there's you know, about 11, 12 minute video with Mark Zuckerberg, who is, uh, you know, basically explaining that they're changing the name of Facebook to Meta and Meta is going to be this, you know, virtual world that everyone's going to live in. And you're going to have like virtual avatars, you're going to have, you know, your workplace meetings are going to occur in the metaverse. And, you know, if it wasn't for something, you know, I, I'd be on board with something like this if it was decentralized. So, you know, we've got like Decentraland, you know, that's popping yeah, big right cool. now. So I'm not sure if you can go to the chart on that, but I think last time I saw it was up like 47% today. So yeah, you know, let me, uh, let me pull it up here, Tim. I'll, I'll pull it up on the screen. Just give me a sec here. Yeah, it looks like it's up over 50% today. It's, a, you know, $1.26 up 43 cents. Uh, I mean, it's moving fast. I mean, then now it's only up 40%. Like it's, you know, refreshing here and changing, but that, you know, would be sort of like the private version of, or I'd say the private version, like the more decentralized blockchain version of what they're trying to do. Yeah, huge spike. And yeah. I would love to get on like an expert on Decentraland. And obviously our friend Steve Wand uh, would be probably like the best guest in the world to possibly have on for that. So we'll try to get Steve on sometime. And so I don't know if like what Decentraland is doing is a, a competition to Meta or somehow is complementary. But, you know, just like how, you know, you could have like, you know, like a Siri or one of these, you know, devices that are listening in on you all yeah. the time, it would be great if we could have our own that doesn't do this and maybe is, you know, built through the blockchain or, uh, you know, your own like private, you know, basically virtual assistant. But, you know, what they're trying to do with Meta is essentially, you know, very, very scary, you know, as, you know, everything else is going on, it just shows like that, you know, they're trying to hit us from seven ways to Sunday you know, they're hitting us with, I mean, even Facebook is, I mean, so they've got, you know, their own digital currency that they're going to roll out. And we've got, you know, the Fed coin that's going to be rolled out. So that's, you know, one aspect of control. Then you've got vaccine passports that we have here. Well, you won't need to leave anywhere because you'll just be in the metaverse. And and so their goal is by 2045. I mean, you can go to 2045project.org and basically they're saying that they want to have it be like avatar by the year 2045. And so for those of us who are left, who maybe didn't get the jab, uh, you know, they want to have us basically, you know, kind of like floating around in this, you know, simulation of, you know, whatever to then also then merge us in with machines to then basically keep us alive forever. And a lot of people yeah. are going to be upset that they're, and I think that that's a trick, you know, from a more like spirituality standpoint, I mean, you're not supposed to be on earth forever. And so, you know, it's sort of like you could then create your own like living hell by being here forever and watching everyone else die and, yeah. uh, you know, being trapped into this world and so not that i'm suicidal or anything no but well yeah and and, uh, and i'm you know there, there's just several movies that i've seen i saw one movie i totally forgot what the name was of the movie but it was actually like this like there was a guy like people living in this like totally rundown places the only thing that they had was their you know their vr gear that they <laughs> that they kept on and that was the world. Like there was nothing. Like nobody saw each other or nothing. So that's exactly what Meta could be. And then another good movie to watch if you want to see like similar kind of uh, trend is Pods, I believe it's called. Uh, and the head guy there is Bruce Willis. He plays a cop actually. Uh, and then he starts to investigate everything and finds out that you know there's some such stuff going on. But anyway, so they live in a pod. So you go into this pod basically and 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 lay there, and then you. Uh, 
like have your avatar that's out in the real world doing stuff and um yeah that's that's how it works like the avatar movie right like that was also like the disney movie uh, or was it disney I, I forgot but anyways it's um you know these type of movies are kind of like out there pushing this agenda of like yeah you, you know like you don't need the real world but you know when you looked at the pods movie i remember a big thing there is like they look so sick and unhealthy and almost dying you know uh, him and his wife i think and then he him and his wife doesn't have a life anymore there's no sex life nothing you know that they have anymore because they're all in this like pods universe or whatever you can call it and so is that what we want like do we <laughs> all live in a world where we can't see each other like right now i'm like half in a world like i could still see people there's still people around there that i could physically go and visit that believes in stuff that i do but there's a lot less and you know i'm not able to travel and see tim and ernie and a whole bunch of other good friends down in the united states um so it's 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 getting frustrating with that uh, and then it's like uh, you know uh, magically during a lockdown where everybody's separated from each other here comes facebook and announces meta the metaverse it will yeah, be you know, and i did find and i did find and it's hard because i'm operating this on one computer screen today and uh, even though i do have like this other sweet portable one that i forgot to bring with me but here is 20 it's actually 2045.com and they're saying that by basically 2020 they want to have a robotic copy of a human body remotely controlled via bci um bci i mean with that like brain controller interface i think maybe that's what that yeah, for. I think, yeah i think yeah so. i think so uh 2020 to 2025 they want to have an avatar in which a human brain is transplanted at the end of one's life uh by 20 somewhere between 20 and 30 so you'll be like you'll basically be like the matrix movie where like it's it's not going to be the body anymore probably but just the brain matrix they have it in a little thing well, you're yeah. skipping ahead, Mr. Snicer, because as we see it, Avatar C is an avatar with an artificial brain in which a human personality is transferred at the end of one's life. And these are billionaires who are funding yeah. this. These are not some like little known limp dicks. This is these are guys like yeah. Kurzweil is part of this, and you know some of the richest people in the world are actively working on this. I mean, even like Elon Musk is you know to some extent working on this when it comes to Neuralink. But then their yeah. final phase, Avatar D. 2040 to 2045 is a hologram like avatar and so it's basically you know, like the movie avatar mixed with matrix and so you'll be and have some sort of you know ai microchips in you to then keep you you know supposedly alive and you'll forever. be wandering you'll be wandering around the world as an hologram avatar is that like kind of their the thought right, you'll, that? Be, I... <laughs> you'll be wandering around <laughs> a visual you'll, you'll more than likely be wandering All around digital, yeah and so, I mean, it's just brazen, like how they have all this stuff. Like, so who, who's going to who's gonna mine all the stuff and who's going to get everything out of the ground to keep this going? Because you need to replace parts of computers and all this stuff. Like, what's well, your plan, guys? I mean, basically, you know, the best job to have would be the guy that fixes the robots that fix the robots. Because, you know, that's pretty much where things are well, going. Well, I'm, I'm kind of, that's kind of my realm is like being in automation on and telecom with... and all that. But yeah, so I guess my, my job security is a lot safer. Yeah, and this whole site, you know, is talking about, you know, Google quantum computing breakthroughs yep. and, you know, walking robots right now. And um, well, there, know, there's sorts, a you know, there's a bunch of them coming out that are very, uh, very good. Like the Boston Dynamics is way ahead of the game. Then you got in Japan. I forgot the company's name, but they have like an insane amount of robots. I was just looking at it the other day, just a couple of little 
documentaries and stuff about certain companies and so on. And they're so far ahead now. Like they have AI learning robots that have even a physical human face uh, that could you know work and interact with you. Uh, and, and of course, they got worker robots. Like look at uh, look at the dog, Boston Dynamics dog. Like that one is massive now with all the implementations that. Uh, it has been able to do anything from, you know, uh, working in um, uh, surveillance, you know, of humans, like it was deployed in Singapore and even in Canada here, I think it was deployed uh, a place like just to uh, watch everybody and, uh, you know, keep track of the, I, I forgot to keep track of the um, uh, homeless people, you know, people that are not so easily controllable. Uh, by the state. So they uh, use that dog to actually facially recognize them and then, you know, take the, like, tell them to come in and all this stuff. And uh, it was all social distance. And, uh, but th this whole, like, push forward for, uh, especially for the transhumanist agenda, is like they, they want to be machine. And I actually, let me tell you the story. I, I was trying to create this blockchain conference here. And the guy that I created it with, he's a hardcore transhumanist, by the way. Uh, which is very interesting that I did that, and of course that failed. Uh, and uh, yeah, was there any like software transhumanist? No, he was. He wanted like he he couldn't wait to look forward to the day that we're all in a you know in just a uh, a big uh, what do you call it like matrix kind of thing where you know our bodies are not here any longer, but we are still alive. You know, like he was looking forward to that. <laughs> so. Yeah, there is people like that everywhere, and um, and uh, and him especially. Like I guess because his wife was sick like all the time, like she had like severe autoimmune problems. I think that's kind of why you know there's always like a a thing with like uh, Kurzweil and others as well. Like Kurzweil wants his dad back, you know, had a real like loss with his dad. You know, a lot of that comes from a severe loss, you know, in your family and somebody that you loved. It seems like with a lot of these guys, like when you really go and look at the psychological level. So I think like they, they just, you know, want that person back in their life. Like I, I lost my dad, you know, I'd love to have him back, but you can't, it's, it's how, how the world is, you know, and, um, uh, and, but you know, they have a lot of money, so they are going to try to do it. <laughs> I mean, and just, yeah. I mean, and a lot of the people that have these health issues, like from the onset when they're born, I mean, some of that oh, yeah. you know, was yeah. probably done because of getting certain types of jabs in them, you know, from the other uh -huh. shots that are supposedly, you know, approved. Uh, and we're not talking about the, uh, you know, CV-19 one, but just the generic ones. I mean, there's all sorts of problems and, and reactions people have, uh, you know, from those ones that go on to affect them for the rest of their life. But, you know, ultimately, you know, that is the, the master plan is to, you know, basically end your soul, like take over your soul by merging you with a machine and then getting it to the point where, uh, and that's part of the reason why they want to limit the Earth's population, because there's going to be a lot of people who obviously are, A, not going to be able to afford this, even if they wanted to do it, and B, uh, most people are probably not going to want to do this, even if they could afford to do it, because, yeah. you know, the people will see, you know, that you are essentially ending humanity and you know and what they're doing and like, that's why there's that whole push for uh you know the lgbt the t and lgbtq is because it's not about you know transgenders it's about you know transhumanisms and that's why they're trying to uh you know it's always about you know shifting the goalposts shifting what they want to do uh and i guess you know if you want to you know shift into you know another topic and this is a very big you know a very big topic that we're talking about right now we could you know i'm sure do an entire show just on this but you know we it, it has come out that the the paper that was written by, let me try to find this real quick. So I'm again, operating off one computer screen here, but Biden's nom nominee yeah, Amarova yeah, yeah. has published 
a plan to move all bank deposits to the Fed and let the New York Fed short stocks. And so just reading like some of the you know excerpts from this is, uh, and this is the proposal, this is the person that they want to uh, run, the comp controller of the currency, also known as the uh, OCC. It's funny because like the local, uh, the local uh, community college where I'm from is called OCC. And so now, <laughs> now, now this is one that's called that as well. But uh, they want to move, she specifically wants to move all commercial bank deposits from commercial banks to so-called Fed accounts at the Federal Reserve. So everybody has uh, a Federal, Federal, Federal Reserve, Reserve account. Yeah, and so you're going to have, you know, instead of having a bank account, you're going to have a Fed account. and then You're going to be like it. the bank, basically, like what the bank yeah. is today. Number two, allowing the Fed in extreme and rare circumstances, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be extreme and rare, when the Fed is unable to control inflation by raising rates to confiscate deposits from these Fed accounts in order to tighten monetary policy. So they want to steal your money. I mean, that is basically- Well, it makes it so easy. Like, well, everything is digital, right? Like, it, you could just confiscate at will. <laughs> If if Tim and John, you know, doesn't follow the what they want want us to say, you know, it's just, it's just easy to eliminate them. You know, like click delete. You know, you'll be gone out of society. Yeah, number number three, allowing the most Wall Street conflicted regional bank in the country, the New York Fed, when there is rise in market value at rates suggestive of a bubble trend, such as with technology stocks today to short these securities, thereby putting downward pressure on their prices. So now they, I mean, the Fed is basically secretly buying stocks now anyways, and now they want the New York Fed to then to start being able to short certain stocks. So then, I mean, it just came out like all the insider inf information and trading that was going on already, which yeah. to me is actually just a, a diversionary tactic instead of, you know, talking about, you know, how bad the fact that there even is a Fed, uh, you know, instead of, Having that be the issue, it's oh look at that they're insider trading. Well, oh, yeah, of course, course they're insider trading. Yeah, it's perfect, um, right? Like it's Go ahead. yeah. Number four, and actually, I actually do somewhat agree with this, and this could be you know controversial, but I'll explain my standpoint on this. Eliminate the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation that insures bank deposits, and I'll actually say actually I do agree with this because you know basically right now the FDIC is like you and me trying to backstop Bill Gates and Elon Musk because there's such little FDIC uh, insured funds. Uh, it basically funds there to, you know, in quotes, yeah. protect a bailout that there's no way that they would, in a true crisis, that they'd be able to do anything. So it's just- No, yeah. And, yeah, and exactly. And let me tell you what I, I had a little run-in with the CDIC here in Canada uh, because they, they've been running so many ads. Yeah, and, and I looked at their balance sheet they got 0.0007% of all the deposits under 100,000 in their fund. <laughs> and then, so hilariously enough, I, I posted this on LinkedIn. And you can actually see it. Like, uh, I, I should pull it up one day. I, I should have probably had it available, but I, I didn't think far enough to, you know, pull it up. But one day we'll, we'll have it up there. But they actually replied to me. And they, uh, because I asked them, but why are you guys on TV all the time? It's like, oh, it's to create... Uh, you know the uh, the sense of belief that you know we're actually here to uh, you know protect everybody and and that your money is safe. You know it's all about belief, basically what they told me. And then they never actually this uh, like uh, discredited my zero point zero 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 seven percent claim in that in my you know how like it's so good because people believe in it more uh, if you have 
you know, the actual uh, propaganda out there, basically. And uh, yeah, didn't say nothing about the 0.007% that they actually had versus the actual insured money. So isn't that funny? Like, that's really interesting, isn't it, Tim? Yeah, and, you know, I think the system would actually be a lot safer if there was no FDIC and that basically you'd have, mm -hmm. uh, there would then be private insurance that would then step into the mix. Because right, and then people would do their due diligence on banks. Because right now, I mean, there's really no reason to do any due diligence. So if, you know, one yeah. bank was going to pay you 0.1% and one bank's going to pay you 0.12%, then, you know, you're probably going to go to the bank that pays you 0.12% just because there's really no opportunity cost. Because, you know, if you lose your money, that you're just going to be able to, uh, you know, get it back to the FDIC. So it creates these, you know, moral hazards. And personally, I think yeah, it'd be and, much better. And they tried to do with the deposit insurance back in the, what was the 80s? Uh, that they had the deposit insurance? Do you remember, Tim? Uh, no, because I was born in the 80s, so I wasn't. Uh, you know, I wasn't <laughs> no, that, neither of us really that. remember that because little toddlers running around. But uh, I, I do believe that that's what they created, like the deposit insurance uh, that they had back. And that actually blew up massively as well, because uh, any insurance scheme has, you know, a certain amount of, you know, leeway in it, you know, that could go wrong. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if there's too many people dying, you know, <laughs> an insurance, uh, insurance provider could be in trouble, right? Being able to pay out uh, because they don't have all the money. You know, so they're, that just they actually the Fed, they're just going to have the Fed come in and print all the money. And then that's yeah. going to, so what's going to happen is eventually that's going to come home to roost. And then they're going to have the Fed print, you know, like $5 trillion to save everybody. It's going to be a massive inflationary event. And then, you know, maybe that's what kicks off the hyperinflation or maybe, I mean, I don't know what's going to eventually kick it off, but it seems like, you know, right now, even at like they're admitted like five and a half percent amount that they're really doing nothing to stem that. I mean, everything they're doing is like, oh, how do we, you know, put her, you know, pedal to the metal even further to then further get ourselves in the hole. But, you know, going back to the FDIC, you know, you could have a private insurance and or you'd have banks that would then, like, you know, take a certain percentage and actually- Or have gold reserves. or silver or crypto. That's yeah, so I mean, obviously I'm not, you know, advocating people are, you know, keeping, you know, oh. excess money in bank accounts, you know, other than, you know, what they need to pay their bills and sort of get by. But, you know, it's- you know, if there was actual due diligence on banks where it's like, oh, this bank has been you know, screwing people for years and has been, you know, absolutely look at their balance sheets, right? Like, what are they holding? You know, and no, I mean, no one's going through and, you know, looking at their bank's balance sheets and trying to figure out what's going on. And so, you know, and so in addition to them, uh, you know, openly wanting to steal your money through this proposal, they, they are they're also saying that uh, they're not going to have any insurance, which I, I think that if, you know, you have the private sector, you know, come in. Because some of these banks would say, "Hey, listen, you're, you know, you can get two percent here, but it's going to be, you know, uh, you know, not insured, or you can get, you know, 0.1 percent, and it's going to be, and it's going to have insurance. You know, some people would choose to get paid 0.1 versus two. Well, or, 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 or Tim, the old savings and loan banks versus banks separate. You know, now they're both merged together, as well. Like, why not just go back to older ways? Like, if you want to have banks, <laughs> like it'd be probably a lot more safer." than today because like look at what happened with cyprus you know the the quaffle there uh where the deposit insurance in in cyprus didn't cover anything uh well it covered some apparently but it had 6.9 percent was lost among the people that had under hundred thousand euros uh, and then of yeah. course like you have insurance schemes like uh, the fc fcs the financial claim scheme in australia like they only cover 20 billion per bank 
uh, that scheme, and they have like over 800 billion uh, in deposits. Most of the top banks, like uh, NNC, uh, a Commonwealth Bank, uh, ANC, uh, and then uh, there's one more, but I NAB. Yeah, I, I kind of remember. I, I've been looking at these guys' balance sheet, but not in quite the detail that we're talking about what they actually hold. But I've looked at you know versus cash. You know, most of these banks didn't have any cash at all. Yeah, it's hard to imagine like a more corrupt system that we have now. But like this lady has somehow managed to like even be able to do that too. Uh, so number five is consolidate all bank regulatory functions at the OCC, which Amarova has been nominated to head. It always it makes me think of like uh, you know I don't really watch TV, but from uh, it makes me think like Amarosa from you know when Trump's whatever freaking show was called when they were uh, the. The Apprentice is that what it's called? Like when he was like, "Oh, you're fired," uh, and so I think yeah, one of the most famous people from that was Amarosa. So her name's Amarova, so it reminds me of that. But you probably can't criticize her because she's Asian, so you know they're going to say this is like Asian hate or something. But you know this article does go on, and it actually says that there was this lady who was uh, secretly taping 46 hours of audio from the New York Fed, and I never even heard about that. And this is from 2014. Oh. So, you know, if, if any of our uh, listeners have been spared 46 hours and want to go report back on that, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure there's <laughs> yeah. going to be something. And then she was basically, and it sounded like the gist of what she was doing was trying to out some things that Goldman Sachs were doing. And, and the New York Fed was like, listen, you're not going to be, you know, releasing this information on what Goldman Sachs is allegedly doing. And then so she got canned. And basically, you know, the regulator wasn't allowed to regulate because essentially the New York Fed, you know, runs the country, runs the Fed. Uh, and the head of the New York Fed gets paid more than the president, uh, you know, like president of the United States, uh, Brandon. So, that, you know, that's what's going on. And this article then, you know, it keeps going. I mean, I don't want to you know, read all this, but, you know, it talks about like all of her all of her paragraphs about how the Fed would directly insert itself into the stock market. I mean, that's the last thing we need is the Fed to legally be able to do this. I mean, they're probably already doing it right now anyways. Uh, but then it's just amazing how you know the powers that be are then you know, completely clueless in terms of what's going on. And now a lot of this, I think, is done by design. And, uh, you know, it's not like they're just dumb or they're idiots. And, you, you know, but, you know, we're at the point now where you've been getting, you know, Jack Dorsey, you know, coming out and warning about hyperinflation. And I love how, you know, this article couches it where, you know, it has some professor and I think he's at, you know, he's at Johns Hopkins. And he's like, hyperinflations are rare birds. By my count, there have only been 62 episodes of hyperinflation in world history and none. Oh, yeah. You idiot. Like, bullshit. Bullshit. None of the books. There's thousands. Thousands, buddy. <laughs> and but now he but he's a professor at, at Johns Hopkins, which you know was also the host of Event 201. So you know, I'm sure they wouldn't be yeah. uh you know, and how are these guys so dumb? And they say it's never happened in the United States, but what about you know, what about when it happened in 1913 when we got out of the system to begin with, or when we got it we basically defaulted 1776 they had hyperinflation the greenback was hyperinflation and you know what they did at the time george washington called people traitors that wouldn't use the failing currency <laughs> Dude, so yeah that's for so much for the creation of the uh, you know the u.s empire <laughs> back in the day too yeah somewhere it goes on to say where it has like janet yellen being like oh you know you know words and definitions are very important and the word hyperinflation comes with a very precise definition the highest U.S. inflation rate of the past century came in the period just after World War II, when inflation jumped to nearly 20% in 1947 amid post-war shortages. Uh, and somewhere well, on here... Well, so, uh, Tim, let me, let me ask this question. 
So they just had an article in Main Street. I, I wouldn't believe it. My mom said, like, well, just listen to the radio. They said that food prices in Norway could go up with uh, 40 to 70%. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, I was like, holy smokes. And then, of course, I go and look at it. It's like 12 mainstream media articles on this and saying that the costs for the, the, the grocers have gone up 70%. And they're looking at like at least like now, right now, there's like 30, 40% on some products. Okay, so that, that is a massive a shock. And what that could create is it could create a massive, you know, uh, awareness of like, oh, is this going to go higher? And everybody's starting to hoard. And then suddenly you get velocity coming in. Everybody's throwing their, uh, the kitchen sink of money at, you know, food. And then you get, you know, a very similar type of hyperinflation, potentially like uh, the Weimar Republic. You know, where everybody was saving up money and it was like, it was terrible times and everybody was saving up money. And then suddenly it just like gets flushed into the system and then everybody panics because suddenly the prices are going up so rapidly that everybody wants to get rid of the currency as soon as they get it into their account, right? So that is, yeah. I, I think, a potential that could happen here, right? Uh, and it's just human psychology. Yeah, economists saying these notions of hyperinflation are absolutely ridiculous and, uh, you know, totally ridiculous and they've got you know kathy wood saying that she actually fears uh deflation and we're about to enter a period of massive deflation because of tech innovation there will never be deflation just go and read uh like uh, the 2002 speech of ben bernanke he said like the printing presses will always be deflationary pressure so that that's in, in, from in the yeah yeah sorry yeah so they he said that you know, they're going to buy whatever they can. Like, remember when I said, you know, the Fed will own everything and then nothing. You know, it seems to become a lot more true. Actually, now, you know, my uh, last time I did my um, central bank report on balance sheets, the actual balance sheet size, Tim, are now at 63.36% of GDP. In 2008, before the financial crisis, it was 16 uh, or 13%. So that is how drastically they've been going in and like having to buy up all these assets. That's the deflation, right? Like that's the deflation that has been happening, but they're, they're not willing to let it happen because if you get deflation, everybody will go bankrupt. The co country's everything. Like, yo, yeah, we're going to have deflation. No, it won't happen. Well, they will the, the, try well, to the flip it. The whole, the whole problem, and I mean, yeah. it's not really a problem, you know, if you're the bankers because they designed the system, is you're always going to have more money, sorry, more debt than you have money because the debt is money and so so let's say you know i've given this example a million times but if you know we're the only guys on an island and uh you know we're the lonely island boys i don't know but we're the only people over here on an island and all of a sudden you know you want to borrow a hundred dollars from me and i'm the banker and this is the only hundred dollars that exists and you want to borrow a hundred bucks so boom give you a hundred bucks so hey you owe me three percent interest you got to pay it back next year next year you owe me a hundred and three dollars well how do you pay me back a hundred and three dollars you gotta borrow more created a hundred so then, so you always have more debt than you have money. And so if it deflates and you take all the money to pay down the debt, all you have left well, is you can debt. Call it more, uh, I would call it more interest. Like you always have more interest than money because money is debt, right? Well, if you call it, I mean, whether you want to, you know, yeah. rank between them, like, what currency is versus money, but you know what people, right. uh, which are not synonymous terms, but you know, anyways, you're, you're going to have yeah. a point where, you know, the, the currency, you're going to have, you know, more debt than you're going to have, you know, currency outstanding which basically makes us high-tech slaves, which is, you know, very apropos for the, you know, yeah, painting that is behind so. me. And, and, but the thing is like that system, it cannot actually def deflate because the whole thing will come crashing down and then they'd have to then print a bunch of money to then cause a hyperinflation or they prevent 
the deflation from happening and just go into hyperinflation. So either way, it's going to happen. I mean, it's already happening, you know, relative to Bitcoin, uh, you know, already happening. I mean, I mean, what are they saying? Like 50 percent. I forgot what their exact definition of hyperinflation. But even if it's, you know, doesn't meet the exact definition and it's only I use that air quotes, you know, 50 percent a year versus, you know, 20 or 30 percent a month. I mean. You, I mean, the average, I mean, what half of Americans live on less than $34,000 a year household income. So, I mean, it doesn't take, you know, too many years of 50% inflations to all of a sudden, you know, let's see, you know, you get, you know, three or four years of that. And, and now your purchasing power is like, what, $8,000 a year? Uh, you know, okay, sorry, it's not hyperinflation, but guess what? Everyone's screwed. Yeah. Everyone's going to be a slave. And uh, then they're going to control you, you know, put you into the metaverse. And, uh, you know, if you didn't already, you know, die from the shots that you were, that you were given. Yeah. And, and if everybody think that, oh, this is just the local phenomena, like this is the whole world, like numbers were like low, way lower. They were close to zero. Right. Like you have some of the biggest countries, you know, up here, like, and these are just official numbers. These are, you know, we could, we could apart the CPI numbers. They're just crap. Uh, you just need to go to the grocery store or go like I, I purchase a lot of parts for alarms and CCTV and even that stuff is up like and it jumps like suddenly it just jumps up. Uh, and uh, uh, and I, you know, uh, prices that I had just a month ago uh, is suddenly up again. And uh, so we're seeing a lot of a lot of things in the real economy that these economists are not working in. Uh, that is giving us a really different perspective than these, you know, <laughs> economists high up in their ivory towers living in these little communities, you know, where they uh, don't really understand or see anything. Uh, like Venezuela, you know, I, uh, Tim, I actually ordered uh, the last piece now of the second hyperinflation in Venezuela in, in four years. It's called the Sabarano, and it's actually even higher than the last one, the Ferrete. Like this hyperinflation is now actually, I, I got exclusive 5 million um Bolivar Soberanos now that I've managed to order. Like they're very rare to come by because there's not printed too many of them yet. But who knows? Like and, and then it looks like they actually reset their currency again. So they're on the third currency now in, in four uh four and a half, five years. And and for people that believe that oh that would never happen here, well look at Venezuela in the sixties. They were some of the, one of the wealthiest nations in the world. They have the biggest oil reserves. Argentina, another one. One of the most wealthiest countries in the world. Norway was one of the uh, has been one of the most wealthiest the countries in the world. I, I think it's Argentina. going away. I mean, yeah. The saying used to be and, riches in Argentina, and I think at one point their person powers like even like rivaling like almost America at some point. Uh, oh yeah. Before I was born. No, but, they you know. they were, but they also like had like I think eight or nine deflationary. No, not deflationary, but uh, devaluations of the currency plus like six hyperinflations. Like the mismanagement in some of these countries, and, and when you look at them, like they're all like up there. Now Zimbabwe again is up there. Uh, Lebanon is in full collapse. Like I don't know if you followed what is going on in Lebanon, but they have no power, they have no food. I do like, not follow what's going on in Lebanon, even though I've got Lebanese cousins, yeah. but I did not follow yeah. what's going on in uh, Lebanon. No, I, I tried to follow this because I'm a hyperinflationary, like I'm. Geeks of all a lot of these countries, like Suriname is back up there again, collapsing. Like I remember back in the day, like this is hilarious. Me and Josh, your internet connection, Suriname, and there's nobody talking about Suriname. Betting on us. Oh. I was just saying that your, your internet yeah, connection is, like... is, is deflating on us. So there, there we go. There's our. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know if you. One of the trial balloons that they sent up recently yeah. was to try to see if they can get a billionaire tax going, 
And luckily it seems like this thing, you know, just got killed, but, you know, obviously, you know, that was just like one trial balloon. I'm sure it'll be back. And, but, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a tax because, you know, then it would be, you know, it's not a wealth tax and that would be, you know, unconstitutional that hasn't, you know, stopped them from before, but essentially what they want to do is, and, and, you know, and, you know, if it starts off a billionaires, obviously at a certain point, it's going to, you know, you know, affect everybody. But what they want to do is let's say, you know, particular people who made money on Bitcoin, let's say, you know, you bought Bitcoin at $10. Now it's, you know, whatever it is now, like $62,000 and you made a crap load of money. And maybe you got, you're sitting on millions of dollars of gains. What they're trying to say is even though you haven't sold it, they want you to like basically mark to market and say that you've got to then, you know, basically claim your gain of, you know, 60, you know, in this case, like basically $62,000 uh, uh, per Bitcoin of gains. Now it's not only for Bitcoins for anything. I'm just using that as an example. So if you had a stock that you bought for 30 cents and now it's, you know, $3,000, they, you know, they want everyone to start paying their, their or at least the billionaires to start paying taxes on that and they've given five years and i believe the proposal and then it got shut down but i think it's for people making over a hundred million dollars a year or with assets above a billion dollars and then and until they you know either didn't make a hundred million or had assets less than a billion dollars then they uh you know then they wouldn't have to pay that tax anymore and the thing is like all of a sudden if you're going to force the rich like let's say you force uh, elon musk to start selling tesla uh, and he owns like, I don't know how much of it he owns, like probably 30, 40% of Tesla or, you know, probably somewhere between like 25 and 40% of Tesla he owns. I'm just guessing, obviously. Uh, and then all of a sudden he's then forced to pay a tax and that. Well, how is he going to pay the tax? He's going to have to sell his Tesla, which is then going to then tank, uh, you know, those stocks, especially when, uh, you know, you've got so many people, some of the richest people in the world who, you know, a lot of their wealth is, you know, highly concentrated in just, you know, some of their own businesses like Jeff Bezos. And they're going to do things like set up different types of charitable trusts and things that I you know, do specialize and help people in. So quick plug, you know, for next year when they do jack up all the taxes and we'll get to, you know, some of the taxes and where things are going for next year in America. But, you know, it's really going to you know, even be more important that people you know, utilize you know, some of the services that we offer in terms of, you know, charitable uh, trust uh, planning where you can literally, you know, give away your money, but it goes into your own charitable trust then pays you and your family for the rest of your life. And then instead of going, uh, you know, to your family upon your death, then goes to uh, the IR, then goes to a charity. Uh, and so you can then literally from like beyond the grave, get into a situation where you could, you know, fund causes to, you know, uh, you know, be against and, you know, uh, all the, they yeah, and, and, the government. And, and also another strategy, I don't know how much uh, of your people use this, but in Norway, it's, uh, I, I tried to set this up for my dad in Norway, and it's a whole life insurance policy uh that you have as a bank account and as you retire you pay no taxes because you borrow uh that money out of it that you saved up into it and so like it actually is zero percent taxable as you pull it out versus well, you know the big thing with that is, yeah. i think the big thing with that is like what the underlying policy is allowed to invest in so a lot of the whole life insurance oh, yeah. are going to only be allowed to invest in you know i'll say it's an air quotes for those that's listening you know safe assets like government bonds and so if the government bonds go to shit and then, or let's say they don't, let's say they don't go to shit and they only, uh, you know, are going up like two, 3% a year, but inflation is going up 20% a year. Oh, no. yeah. then, it's, then it's just a function of what that amount is going to buy you. So, you know, they yeah. do have some like IUL ones where you can do the, like the one. Yeah. The one that I have actually, it's a lot of it is individual policyholders. So we pay an interest right on, on whatever we borrow out. And that actually gets a part into the pot and that also pays dividends and so, but you know, like it's, it's just one tiny little thing that you could do. Uh, but well, the other, the other slide with that is, uh, yeah. 
they also make money because you know on one hand they're selling annuities and the other hand they're selling life insurance and so they're sort of like the opposite product and so they know you know if you take a large enough sample size of people like approximately how long you're going to live but they don't know how long you're going to live and yeah. so, you know, if you, you know, die too soon, well, then, uh, you know, then the life insurance kicks in, but then it also means that people are dying sooner than they're not paying out on the annuities. And so it sort of like help self like balances out and, you know, yeah. not a lot of people really kind of understand that relationship. And that's why some of the insurance companies are able to offer, uh, you know, things that other, uh, you know, like a mutual fund company or ETF, like wouldn't necessarily yeah. be able to have some of those guarantees just because of, of what they call the mortality risk. And now we're, we're probably going to get to really boring yeah. stuff that, uh, and we're talking about life insurance. Nobody, so, care, nobody uh, cares case, about talking to save not, money part of themselves. In case you're not the life of the party talking about, you know, uh, yeah. but you anyways, know, uh, hyperinflation, let's talk about whole life insurance. So what were you talking about with, uh, no, I just, I just pulled out the picture here too, as well, because in Norway, you actually have to pay tax on your, uh, on your account. So if you have money into your bank account that you've, you know, sitting there stagnant, you actually pay a net wealth tax on, on everything that you actually hold uh, in that bank account as well, if it's if it's saved up. So like Norway is insane, as you can see, Spain and even Switzerland, you know, the, the people don't know this, but Switzerland actually have the same type of thing, like a net wealth tax. And then uh, in France and Italy, they have a, a wealth tax on selected assets that they pulled out because, you know, you don't want uh, the... Uh, the peasants to get in there and get too much, uh, you know, uh, uh, access to the rich people's type of assets that they, you know, provide because there's a big difference, you know, with uh, with what you invest in and you deal with high net worth clients, so you can like you actually see that a lot of them get access to things that you know the regular everyday peasant has no chance to ever touch. And it's well, a lot of them course, made money yeah. through Bitcoin. So, I mean, the average yeah. peasant does have the ability to buy no, that. Which but, is the good, average yeah. person, but the average person thinks like, oh, it's too expensive. And guess what? You know, five years from now, if it's like four or five hundred million or a million dollars, you know, you're going to say, oh, you know, I wish I bought it when it was 60,000. And not to say it's not going to be, you know, a wild ride and not, you know, I did it so I could, you know, help opt out of the system. And I, I thought the system was going to crash. And relative to Bitcoin, it has crashed. And so it wasn't, you know, a, a get rich quick scheme. And so people that go in there with that, you know, get rich quick scheme, you know, attitude, yeah. you know, they're probably going to get devastated. But, you know, going back to this wealth tax, uh, you know, it's just now wealth tax is unconstitutional, but they're, you know, basically just, you know, changing the words around using semantics. But, oh, well, it's not a tax. It's like a surcharge or it's a, you know, it's just like whatever bullshit they can do. Yeah, we're looking at unrealized capital gains. Like that is also insane because I think that actually counts for within the year that you actually made something and then suddenly it drops like 75% percent next year. <laughs> well, then, yeah. then, you get, then, you get, then you get the bank those losses too. And so, yeah. uh, you know, well, it's just okay. absolutely insane. And, and luckily, you know, that one does appear like it's dead for now. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of other things on the table that, are, that aren't dead. I mean, so for next year, I mean, there's so many different things that they're trying to you know, pulling us, they're having, uh, you know, the corporate tax rate, uh, which really, I mean, the average consumer is the one that pays the corporate tax rate. It's not really the, you know, the corporation. I mean, yeah, they're paying it, but they're passing on the, the cost to you. And so they want to yeah. raise that to uh, 28%, but there's going to be this global minimum 15%, uh, you know, for like the like the real big companies. Oh, yeah, um, that's, uh, that's a part of something called base erosion and profit shifting. You know, me and Josh actually reported on this like four years, five years ago. Like there was the OECD came out with the proposal to have a global tax collective, you know, uh, work together. And they actually got hundred signatories to that. Of course, 
Last time I checked on the BEPS, it kind of fell apart. Like no, the BEPS this, no, this is already this is no, this is like now like implemented. Yeah, a yeah, but this is BEPS. This is BEPS three point oh. I think they call it. Like they've been through a whole bunch of these. Uh, and okay. uh, last, get in the weeds of it. It's basically uh, anyway, global global tax yeah. around the world. But go, like going yeah. back to America, they're going to raise uh, the top income tax rate from thirty seven percent up to thirty nine point six. Uh, but then there's also going to be, you know, like Medicare surcharges that they want to add on to there. So if you're, uh, and then here's another big one. So if you, uh, you know, for high earners, let's say you're the guy that has, you know, three, four, five million dollars of Bitcoin, and you want to sell a million dollars of Bitcoin, and so which means your income would now be a million dollars. They want to then have your your the taxes. Uh, even, so even for long-term capital gains, like right now, you get a 20% rate. But there's really like an extra like Obamacare surcharge is 3.8. So it's really like 23.8 now. But now they're going to make it your income tax rate, even if it's long term for above a million. And they're even like they used to like, let's say if you have a house and it increased a lot in value, but then you buy another house and you could kind of roll over that value and not pay taxes on it as long as it's going into another home. And that was called a 1031 exchange. Now they're trying to limit that to half a million dollars for single individuals and a billion dollars for uh, for individuals. Uh, you know, there's other things too, like, let's say I want to gift you Bitcoin, you know, traditionally the person that is, you know, making the gift, like they're not the ones paying taxes on it, but now they're saying like, let's say if I give it to you, it's as if I sold it. Now I would be responsible for the taxes, even if I gave it to you, as long as you're not. Like, hey, Tom Brady, you're going to be in trouble now. <laughs> yeah, so even if you're, even if you're a charity. So, um, it will he'd be, you know, technically wouldn't be in trouble now. He'd be in trouble next year if you were to do that. So, um, Yes, that, that's one of the things uh, they got going on. There's some other thing where if you, you know, you're in a trust that hasn't had a recognition event in the past 90 years, uh, then all of a sudden, you know, they're going to, you know, have some sort of recognition of unrealized gains inside of there. If you're self-employed, there's some, and if your AGI exceeds $400,000, they want another 3.8% Medicare tax. And then they have different things too, where, uh, you know, if you pass away, Instead of having, like, let's say you bought a house for you know fifty thousand dollars and now it's a million, and you're out in you know maybe California, well now, uh, basically you've got to have the, the basis stay at fifty thousand dollars and not go to a million, but you're still like your gross estate is still getting taxed on the million dollar number, but then your kids inherit it at the fifty thousand dollar number. So there's all sorts of things from like an estate planning standpoint. Like if you've got like a massive estate right now, like you're in like the ten million dollar up range. Or even that, I'd say even you know you start worrying if you're on like the five million dollar and up range. Uh, that uh, no, it's you know more money, more problems, and you know good problems to have. But you know a lot of these people have people like me and people even smarter than me, and you know and, and they're not actually paying the tax. Like nobody pays the estate tax because there's so many different ways to get around it, or they'd rather just you know donate money and not actually have to pay this. But you know it's and everything they're doing is actually like going to drive like like next year 2022 is going to be even if they don't do this stuff, it's going to be a massive year for me and my business. But, you know, when it, but because like everything they're doing is like, is basically pushing, you know, crypto and Bitcoin to go way higher, but also raising the taxes, which then, you know, leads right into the tax strategies that we're doing. And I've obviously, you know, been against, you know, every single one of these tax proposals and have been, you know, trying to, you know, advocate, you know, everyone does the exact opposite. And, but you know what, I'm not going to, stand between me and myself trying to make some money off of this. If, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, I haven't been telling people about, you know, Bitcoin for you know years now. Uh, so, yeah, well, it's just the, the question. Yeah. The question is, though, Tim, are we all going to want to end up like Scandinavia, like especially in Norway? Like my mom makes 80, no, 
let's see now she makes seventy five thousand dollars that's not it might sounds like a lot but it's like not like it's probably the average salary in norway like maybe a little bit more the average a salary. Huge, huge taxes but, over there too but she yeah she pays 51 percent income tax 51 <laughs> percent. my dad did that too and, and that is one of the reasons why i moved to canada but navia morons over here like trudeau saying that oh we're gonna we're gonna tax the gains on your on your main property not even your second property now we're gonna come after your main property uh because everybody why still, has like why, like why you're still in it and just like like a no, market. no, not that crazy. But if when you do sell it, when you get older, right? Because they know there's so much pent up money there. You know, like if you go, I, I've been looking at you know the charts, and most of the people in the middle, like lower middle class, and and especially the poor, every all the money is in in housing almost. Uh, like that's where they have their retirement strategy, basically, which is sad. But that's where it's at, and and that's what they want to come after. <laughs> you know, like yeah, we're poor, poor people. Speaking of retirement strategy, obviously, you know, this is Justin Chess, but I just saw right now looking at coin market cap that Shiba Inu is now ahead of Dogecoin. Uh, <laughs> and I think I've never have owned like any of these meme stocks. I've never tried to no, jump no. in front of any of these, you know, uh, you know, uh, momentum plays. But I did about three or four weeks ago, tried buying like a decent amount of Shibu and the exchange wouldn't let me. I don't want to you know, give plugs to these exchanges, but one of the exchanges, like it said, like bank account, like denied. And I've never have had that happen before. Like never, I've never had that happen. Like I've been doing this for years. Never had that happen. You've been flagged, so then buddy. I, then I ended up just, but no, but let me buy other, but later on, like the next day, let me buy like other stuff. And, uh, but then I ended up, long story short, I ended up not buying Shibu Inu. And I'm like, God, I'm like, well, you know, not to use the Lord's name, baby. I'm like, damn it. Like I could have been up like hundreds of percent on this. And I probably would have, you know, sold out now, yeah. but you know, it's not like life changing money. And it's just, uh, you know, having fun throwing something at this, but it's, I've oh, never yeah. done one of these, you know, trying to chase these momentum plays, but it sucks that I was like, damn it. I tried getting in on it. And uh, Sam Tripoli actually went really big on Shibu uh, and talked about it on the show. I think he put like 25 grand into it like a month ago. Oh, so so he should uh, be in pretty good shape. Now that was, now he said that on his show cast day, he's not like giving away any like proprietary secret yeah. information. Shout out to Sam. It was his birthday the other day. So happy, happy birthday to Mr. Sam Tripoli of Tinfoil Hat and Cash Jetties and Zero and lots of other great podcasts. But uh, but yeah, I just saw right now that Shibu Inu just passed Dogecoin. So you've got a meme coin of a meme coin that now. <laughs> yes, that's... That is really funny, actually. You got to love the kids, you know, like this is a lot to do with the younger population, you know, and and what they believe in. And uh and of course, Doge has oh, been it's like forty billion. It's forty billion dollars right now. Yeah, I, I have a I, my my sister. Her boyfriend is a top like gamer, and he's like training. He's the coach for one of the biggest uh, like gaming teams in the world, and he had a lot of Dogecoin because that's what these uh, these kids that are in you know th that world that are younger, you know, that's what they're all into. Like they're all into this stuff, and. And he was all over like the meme stocks and all that stuff too. Like these these kids are talking and, and it goes pretty fast, like the, the message because everybody's online, you know. And uh, when you talk about anybody under 25 to like 18 these days, you know, everybody is online doing stuff and, and the message get across very fast. My my brother, he knows everything that I know about, you know, when it comes to conspiracies, because these people are talking, you know, they they're various stuff that is happening. Uh, it might not look like it, but I think they're a variable lot more than we think. <laughs>
Yeah, I just saw that uh, apparently one called Shiba Zia, Shiba Zilla is uh, just got added to coin market oh, cap because no. it, it, it today, and so it doesn't even have a twenty four hour trading, and it's already and, traded by like, volume of like six million dollars after. And I think didn't day. didn't Shiba Inu like to get it any legitimacy? Like, didn't they gift like half of it to uh, what's his face there to uh, Vitalik? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I gotta laugh. Story. Like it, it, it's it's funny though. Like you gotta have a lot of fun with this because it's like and Wall Street hates this kind of stuff like going on, right? Because th this is just totally against their control grid that they want and, and having you know, especially like just meme coins being nine and ten. It's kind of like it, it really amuses me, you know, like to see that the kids are the kids are fighting back, you know, against these scumbags uh, on Wall Street and. I think a lot of them are aware, aware a lot more than we think. And uh, I think with, there is some bright bright sides to it, uh, you know, for the future here. But uh, we'll see, though. Like, it's going to uh, be an interesting time, you know, over the next 20, I don't know, 10 years. You know, just five years even. It's going to be, like, extremely interesting times to see what uh, what is going to be going on with the economy. Because I think we're... Yeah, speaking of what the kids are in, I mean, just take a look at the iTunes top 10 charts. Number one, Let's Go Brandon, featuring Tyson James. Number, and Chandler. Number, number, two. Two. number two, another version, the Let's Go Brandon extension version with Loza Alexander. Then Adele got moved to number three. And then you go down to number seven, another Let's Go Brandon uh, remix version of it. And then you go down to number nine, another Let's Go Brandon. <laughs> so you've got four out of Top 10 songs on iTunes are different variations of Let's Go Brandon. Oh, God. That is the best. You got to love this. When you take, you know, the the pop culture and the fun aspect of it, now you apply it to the politics. Like, these guys, like, it's very effective and useful to use, you know, humor and comedy, like, yeah. trying to convey your message. And so this has got to be something that's going to be, like, probably freaking out the power structure. And you've got four out of the top 10 iTunes uh, songs are or let's go Brandon or basically talking like fucking the president. And so uh, and they should actually just, you know, change it to like the president because it doesn't really matter. Uh, okay. Wow. Trump, you know, he's such a savior, you know, thank you for giving us, you know, operation warp speed and for giving us like all these scumbag, you know, generals that you put in there and all these other people that end up being turning their backs on him too. Uh, you know, all these are globalist traders. And so, you know what, I've got no love for, for any one of these presidents, but, you know, I do think it, you know, but I, you know, I'm all about the let's go Brandon and think that that's absolutely hilarious. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Was, was there any other uh, stories you wanted to cover? I know that we've been, uh, you know, went through, you know, quite a bit today. And um, Well, I know we got Lord Fauci, you know, in trouble uh, again, because of certain leaks that have happened. And, uh, I was gonna look at one of them. Like that's gonna be uh, my know. that's gonna be my Halloween costume. I was Bill Gates last year. I'm gonna be Fauci this year. Um, I wanted to be Santa Claus Schwab and uh, tell everyone they're they're going to get nothing and they're going to yeah. love it. But uh, I feel like not enough people would. I, I feel well, like I no, you gotta you gotta say more. Actually, there, Tim, you're gonna get nothing because of supply chain issues, and you'll be happy. You know, gotta add that uh, economic geek. Yeah, I did see a meme too where it was uh, like this year's Black Friday. Uh, shopping specials and it was showing like people like waiting in the water like off the ports of la you know for the ships coming in it's so, like that's where the black friday was going to happen uh <laughs> <laughs> right ports. on the port 
yeah. it's going to be a real black market Friday. <laughs> I can't believe they yeah. haven't gotten rid of you know Black Friday. Uh, you know, they haven't called that racist or tried to you know appropriate that yet. So, uh, and with all this online stuff, I mean, people should be ordering their gifts now if they're trying to get some gifts because you know I don't I, you know I'm usually like a December twenty uh, fourth type of guy when it comes to Christmas shopping, but. I think this year, you know, I've already gotten some stuff for my kids because I know uh, I don't want to chance it to the to the very end this year. Oh yeah, you know, since we're talking about Fauci, and I want to mention this, but uh, Fauci is called Lord of the Flies now, and uh, here's Fauci. <laughs> Fauci's, uh, you know, got attacked by the flies that very much he thought he was in control of. Uh, and uh, it's kind of like you know, it's it's a show of how the peasants, you know, coming back to to take him out. <laughs> but uh, you know, the flies that he was torture using for torture is now standing up against Fauci and coming after him. <laughs> if you go to, I'm um, right now I'm on the the top rap and hip hop songs. Uh, one through five are all different remixes of "Let's Go Brandon," and like. And like for like like way too sexy by Drake is like number seven, and uh, some of the song I've never heard like Little Nas and Jack Harlow. Oh, no, no idea who these guys are, but they're number six. And then you know they got beat out by Let's Go Brandon remixes uh, one through five. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Like uh, I think that little Nas actually isn't he the guy that was you know trying to have like his Satan shoes and like causing some stir and I think he was like trying to act like he was pregnant like an album cover so you know of course that guy's getting you know promoted uh but you know luckily yeah. we've now have culture jammed to the point where you know let's go Brandon is uh you know one through seven but uh well it just kind anyway, of shows you what the people think anyways you know it's uh I don't think the election was pretty accurate <laughs> Yeah, the selection. But anyways, you know, I really do yeah. appreciate everyone for joining in another Tim and John show. Make sure you go to timandjohnshow.com. Subscribe to, uh, you know, our email list because we are getting a lot better about putting these out through email. Uh, you know, if you are still on YouTube, we're 10 likes away from getting the big three uh, 3,000. And, uh, you know, that would be at the Tim Show with the Liberty Advisor. Not that I really care about Facebook, but or not. I really don't care about Facebook. I, I got off there with over 30,000 followers. But, uh, you know, we're almost at 3,000 on YouTube, which would just be cool to kind of hit that milestone before I really do something to piss them off and they delete the channel. But and I'm sure we're probably already like above 3,000. Like we were at 28,880 or yeah. 28. What was it? No, twenty nine eighty, literally for like five months, and then after like bitching about it and talking about it a lot, uh, you know, apparently ten of you have subscribed, but you know, it's probably way more than that. Like it's, it's like freaking frozen at that exact number. Like, oh, it was for, for sure. Number. Like it just and shows so, you. I just I just uploaded my first video. Like I'm starting my uh, to do videos myself too, and <laughs> I uploaded my first video. Got forty six views from the first video that we ever upload, uh, and three subscribers already. So. Uh, yeah, here we go. Like, and, and it was Odyssey. I, I don't care about YouTube <laughs> at all. Uh, and, and that we don't really care about YouTube, uh, but it's fun. You know, like we got to get over to 3000. Yeah. And then also we've got, you know, crypto IRAs where, you know, I'm, right now, if you want to get on the wait list for that, we do have, uh, you know, basically the ability to get actual crypto into your IRA. Um, and we can do so in a scalable format where I can, where I can basically kind of lower some of my, my limits to, in order to, uh, you know, be able to do that. So anyways, uh, you can go to the libertyadvisor.com for all that, or you can also, you know, 
use that site to then get over to the main site as, as well, the Tim and John show.com. But anyways, th- thank you guys so much. Hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you had a great Halloween, you know, depending on when you guys see this. Talk to you guys later. Let's go